Right now, I'd like to introduce to you some friends of mine. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back. back. Welcome back. Welcome yes. back, everybody. What's going on? Episode eight. Episode yes. eight. Wow. Now that we're counting down episodes, episode eight. <laughs> counting up, counting up. Episodes. Right. Counting up episodes. <laughs> episode eight. Yep. So, you know, we're 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 pushing these things out for y'all. So hopefully y'all have been enjoying it. So yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Yes. Mm-hmm. How's everybody feeling? Feeling present. Okay, present. <laughs> I'm present. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Like we're we're present today. We're present. So that's always a good thing. I can say the same. I can say the same. What about you, Bobby? I'm absent. I think. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really here. Today has been kind of a daze for me. Uh-huh. Um. So I'm just looking forward to kind of getting outside, getting some fresh air. And yeah, I mean, so this past weekend, um, I celebrated the passing of one of my close friends. Mm -hmm. Um, His mom actually decided to create a nonprofit in his name. Mm -hmm. Um, He really loved like doing alternative sports. So like snowboarding, um, skiing, like sports Mm -hmm. that normally black people wouldn't do and sometimes don't have the exposure to learn how to do. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool. And she nominated a lot of different um, up and coming organizations. So feeling a little bit of that today, Mm -hmm. Um, but just kind of hopeful for the future and things to come and excited to be here with y'all. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to leave you with this. Give yourself permission to feel the way you feel. Yes. And do what you need to do to alleviate some of that heaviness. So if you need to go outside, mm-hmm. you need to have a drink and go outside, do yes. what you need to do. Right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. So Keem, with that note, can you take us into our mental health minutes? Okay. I found a very, very cool quote for the mental health minute today. And I think it applies to, you know, everyone. And I think we've all heard that um, quote, when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. Mm-hmm. So I found something that said, let's stop trying to change people into who we want them to be. It's unfair. And I feel like that's just kind of like, um, you know, a derivative of, you know, when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. So I often feel like sometimes we do try to change people for what we want them to be for us, which is very selfish (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and when, when you think about it, but like people are who they are and we experience them how we experience them and, it's not fair to change someone to fit whatever ideology that you may have, whatever it is that the fantasy that you have for that person, because that's not them. And we should let people be who they are. That's and true. it's up to us to decide whether or not, hey, if this person is for me, then maybe, you know, I need to work with who they are and not try to change them. Mm. So don't try to change anybody, y'all, because in the end, you only end up playing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is the mental health minute for the day. I like that because 
the part where you said it's not fair. Yeah. At first I was thinking, well, who's it not fair to? Is it not fair to us if we try to change somebody or is it not fair to that person? But it's kind of not fair to both in yeah. a way. It's not, but it's not fair to that person because that's who they are. You know, mm-hmm. like if someone was trying to change you and you're like, whoa, hold up. This is me. And like, I told you who I was and I'm showing you who I am. So mm. for me to like change to be something or someone that you want to fit whatever vision this is that you have for me, mm-hmm. it's not realistic. You know, it's not realistic and that's, that's not fair either. So. And this is so deep because I like to start, well, y'all know I love watching things. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching the Red Table Talk and I've started it from the beginning <laughs> from like that was season one. Mm-hmm. And I was on the episode where Jada and her brother or her half brother mm-hmm. were talking about forgiveness and they were both talking about forgiving their dad. And mm-hmm. one realization they had was that he was not put on this earth just to be our dad. Right. He, he's a person first. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he told us like, look, I can't be your dad. Like I'm an addict. I would rather be high than be your dad. He's literally telling them who he is. Mm -hmm. But they're like, no, you're supposed to be my dad. Like, you're supposed to be doing these things. I have certain expectations of what a father should be doing for their child. Mm -hmm. But then she realized, like, who am I to put these expectations on him? He's a person first. There you go. And and it's so deep. You want, you know, you have expectations for people that are like your family members and your friends and close people. But it's like, like you said they're going to tell you who they are. You have to believe them and you can't change them. You just either find a way for them to be in your life or you don't. You don't, right. That's true. Yeah. I do think there's like a thin line between holding somebody accountable and making sure they like you let them be who they are. Because I feel like as a parent, you you grow into understanding that your parents are human. Mm -hmm. But there is still like a line of like, okay, but you also brought me into this world. Right. you still do have some type of responsibility in a sense. So that's good. That should, that gets tricky. And I feel like that's why a lot of times adults end up having those kind of epiphanies to realize like, dang, this is why my parent couldn't be the best parent because yes. they had their own stuff going on. Because as a kid, as a teenager, I feel like even in your 20s, you don't really see it that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it goes back. It all connects not to boundaries, <laughs> not to boundaries, y'all, but to... You have to give people grace for the things that they didn't know, mm, you know? True. So, yeah, let's just try to be mindful of each other and where we are in our journeys. Okay. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yep, yep. All right. So, Bobby, I'm pretty sure you have a lot of things to talk about because <laughs> I'm sure you're, you've been watching a lot of shows. So, what's up with your Bobby things to watch and listen to? Well, the first thing that I have is a movie. Mm. It's called Coda. Have y'all heard about that movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, this was one I was actually expecting you to have seen because really? it um, got an Oscar for Best Picture this year. Coda, is it K-O-T-A, K-O-D-A? C-O-D-A. Coda stands Wait for... Oh, sorry. Coda stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was about to say, was that the movie with the girl that had the deaf parent? Deaf parents, yes. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's on Apple TV, which is annoying. Because <laughs> I didn't have Apple TV, so I had to figure out how to watch it. But it's a drama, a musical. And so there's this girl, and she's the only hearing member of her family. Mm-hmm. So she has a brother and two parents. And a lot of the scenes are them signing. And there's some silence. And she's talking and stuff like that. But 
it's so deep and the storyline is so good. And it talks about how when she was growing up, you know, being a child of deaf parents, you learn how to speak differently Mm -hmm. because you're not around people that are speaking, um, you know, as a hearing person. Mm -hmm. So when she was going to school, people would make fun of her and be like, oh, you talk funny. And she's like, I'm learning how to talk from y'all. Like, this is the only experience that I really have. So it's just really deep. Um, In the movie, she's like in her teens. I think she's like a junior or senior in high school. And she has a love for singing, ironically. And so her mom was like, I mean, of course you want to love singing when I can't hear. Like, (laughs) if I was blind, would you love to paint? Like, that's that teenager thing. Your parents are like, of course you want to do something that, you know, is going to annoy me or make me irritated. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was very, very, very interesting. Um, even down to the part of her just have a, a performance where she was singing and her parents attending the performance, knowing they weren't going to be able to hear the performance. Aww. So they're just watching people's faces and reactions and watching her joy of how she's performing it. And that's how they're being able to tell mm-hmm. that she's good because <laughs> they're like, we don't know. Can she sing? Is she good? <laughs> we don't know. So it was really, really good. Um, and like I said, it is the first film with a predominantly deaf cast to win Best Picture at the Oscars. And Apple became the first streaming service honored by Best Picture at the Academy Awards. So that was really dope. Shout out to Apple. Yes, they're doing it. <laughs> I added that to my list. Good. You should definitely watch that. My dad actually suggested it and it was a good choice. Yeah, okay. I'm going to watch that. Um, my second one, and I already talked to Kim about this a little bit, and you, Nikki, I think too, um, Ultimatum. Yes. Stunty ass show. That's what Nick Lachey and mm-hmm. um, what's her name? Vanessa. Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's another show by them. They're hosting. Um, if y'all don't know, they also host Love is Blind. Yeah. So they're really into these like experimental relationship shows. For this show, all these couples come on there. They're already together. A lot of them have not been together for long, though. It's maybe a year and a half, maybe two and a half years, like max. But one of them wants to get married and the other one doesn't. In some couples, it's the man. Some couples, it's a woman. And so they go there because the one couple that wants, to, the one person that wants to get married is saying, mm-hmm. either you're going to marry me after experiencing this, or we're going to move on and go our separate ways. Because I feel like I'm ready and I don't get why you're not. And they have their reasons like, oh, I want to be financially stable. I feel like, you know, we need more time or there's certain things about you that I'm not sure about, blah, blah, blah. So they go there. I think it's like six couples But within another couple is a person that they would be compatible with. The show Mm -hmm. has designed that to where they found another Mm -hmm. couple with a person that is compatible with you. So they have to decide they're going to spend one night together. The next day they're single, although they're still all together in the same space, which is the craziest part. They're dating other people. They find somebody they feel like they're compatible with and they move in with them for three weeks. I haven't gotten to that part. I'm going to let y'all know how that goes. Couldn't do it. And then they live with their person they came with for three weeks after that. And they decide like, hmm, okay, I'm learning things about myself, about you. Like, actually, yes, I'm ready to get married. Or no, I actually don't want to marry you. So it's it's very interesting. It's messy as hell. It's messy Mm -hmm. as hell. Emphasis, heavy emphasis on messy. (laughs) And the thing is, you're not finished. So like, I can't. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I can't go too deep into oh, it. Oh, you mean, yeah, in the series. Yeah, yeah. But I'll say this, like, the thing that kind of blows me about all of this a little bit is that these kids are very fucking young. They're like yeah. 23, 24. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, you, you would think this would make sense for somebody in their, like, late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. 
maybe or even later. later later yeah you That's know like early, to yeah. give them an ultimatum but to be so young and to be like all right no well i want to get married and i'm like yo you are only you just graduated college like right. what mm-hmm. is the rush like i feel like in your 20s that's the time you use to like experiment and you find out what you want, what you don't want. Um, you know, just stuff like that. Like you date other people. Like, yes. why are you trying to like put all of this on one person? Like, I get it. And also, I'm going to say this and it'll make sense in the <laughs> end. I'm not going to give it up. All of them need therapy. Like everybody. Absolutely. Every fucking body <laughs> on that show needs therapy. And I'm going to just leave it there. That's they it. Need a, they need a mental health minute. Exactly. More they than a minute. Had a, they should have had a mental health counselor on exactly. the show. That or or like wrong. a couples therapist. They or something yeah. like that. need counseling. But all in all, I feel like they're just so young. They're so young and they don't really know. I mean, I feel like sometimes people do know, but I feel like when you're that young, you need... you. You put so much on this one person, especially if that's been like a real serious relationship for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like you, the same person you are at 23 is not who you are at 25. It's not who right. you are at 28, 30. Like it changes. So like that person that you're with that you thought, oh, I want to spend the rest of my life with, that could change. You know, yes. it can change. And uh, it's, it's just so messy. Just please watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So that is a really good show. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my last show is a little bit of a throwback. Not really much. Um, They had five seasons. It ended last at the end of last year called Money Heist. Oh, yeah. That's on Netflix, right? No. Isn't it in a different language? It is. But listen, that usually is a problem for me, too. Mm -hmm. Like I usually don't like having to like wash their mouths, not match up with the voices. Um, But it's so good. You kind of don't care about that anymore. Okay, good to know. That one's on Netflix. It's very intense action, crime. Um, it's essentially about this crime criminal mastermind who goes by the professor. And he is just the one orchestrating everything. And he orchestrates this humongous heist in Spain. And all the different characters, they're all from different parts of the world. And it's just, it's just really, really good. So I did think I would care about that. But I was just like, oh, my God, like, it's so intense. And, like, you don't expect the next thing that's going to happen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I gotta try that so is there a new season out right now is, did you say that yeah so the most recent season season 5 um, oh, wow. dropped <laughs> dropped last year they're really short though they don't even call okay. them seasons they call them parts like part 1 part okay. 2 like that mm-hmm. um, but it came Got out it. last year in 2021 so definitely watch um, and then for my things to listen to there weren't really any projects or albums that I have been listening to um, but there's two songs so one Lizzo dropped a song called About Damn Time which I love her messaging like I just love it I think that she's all about confidence uplifting mm-hmm. her video she dropped a video to it too I don't know if y'all have seen it no have seen it? Keem have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet mm-hmm. okay so she starts off like in group therapy And they're in group therapy for like, if you're stressed and sexy, like that's the name of the group (laughs) therapy. And she, she gets called on to speak and then she just leaves and just starts talking her shit through the song. And it's just really bomb. Of course, it's like an empowering song. And then Chloe, we know that she dropped her song, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Treat Me. And I actually do really like the song. Mm -hmm. I'm Um, surprised. Why? I don't know why. I didn't think you would like it for some reason. So I had to get used to it. Again, she's a she's an alternative kind of artist for me. 
the way that she sings, how her music is, but it's kind of, it's growing on me. I like that it's that different and Mm -hmm. that she's sticking to that being original. Mm -hmm. Her video. Did you like the video? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was a little confused by the video. Uh, Me and Kim were talking a little bit about this. What did you think, Kim? Um, I felt indifferent about the video. (laughs) And I think the only reason is, is because it's, I feel like I've seen a video like this before. Mm. You know, um, she looks great. Her body is amazing. You know, like she's super talented. But I feel like this is the music. I'll say this. The music is different, you know, and I like that for her. But the video was like, I've seen this video a thousand times on other artists. So like everyone's going off and saying this, but I'm like, y'all know such and such did a video exactly like this right mm, but i yeah. mean to each his own you know people go up for chloe chloe's dope i love chloe mm-hmm. you know i thought the i love chloe i like mm-hmm. both of them chloe and Haley. not yeah. to like bring up the sister when we're talking about chloe but <laughs> i clearly just did that but i don't think the video had anything to really do with the song mm-hmm. right i agree with that even like the setting of each part of the video like the yeah. different segments I didn't even think the choreo matched it. Like, mm-hmm. it was all good. Like, the song was good. The right. video was good. The segments were good. The setting, like, all the treatment, but it didn't match to me. I don't yeah. know why. You know what's interesting? Sometimes I think certain songs are so abstract that it's just, like, mm-hmm. you can't necessarily make a literal visual to the song. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, let's... Do some cool beauty shots here and this <laughs> and a, you know, white backdrop and then we'll throw some dancing here. Like, because the song is just, it's a lot going on in the song, you know? Mm-hmm. Some people do that really well, though. They're yeah, that's true. create a visual that doesn't, for, for a song that you can't really pick, make one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Missy Elliott does that really well. I feel like Beyonce did it with Single Ladies, if yeah. you think about it, because that was just a white backdrop. And that video is famous, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was interesting because I watched the behind the scenes um, video too. And whoever mm. thought about it, like directed, had the concepts, they were deep. Like honey bath, she's in a honey bath. Like yeah. what does that have to do? I'm, I was really trying to understand there has to be some kind of connection that he had. Mm-hmm. Her being, well, I think she was a snack or a treat on the table when she was like crawling around. So that made sense. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. But yeah, it was it was very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. yeah. So those are my things to watch and to listen to. Um, I'll wait to drop my sources later. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be in the credits. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. So those are my things to watch and listen to. And I'm going to throw it over to Nikki. What's up with your nicks and giggles? Okay. So before I get to nicks and giggles, I have to tell y'all, there's been two shows that I've been watching a lot lately. Um, Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. and Queen Sugar. And I feel like you've talked to me about both of these shows before, but somehow I'm always like two years late to <laughs> every show and every movie. But Bridgerton is actually really good. Yes, and I'm so mad that I looked up the cast for some reason. I forgot why I did. And the Duke, like the black dude, mm-hmm. he's not in the second season. And yeah. I just don't understand like why how that's even possible since it seems like a main character so I'm kind of excited to finish it to see why Mm -hmm. definitely is the main character yeah so that's weird okay but to Nixon Giggles so (laughs) first off so like about a week and a half ago 
I was checking my bank account like I regularly do to make sure Russia is not hacking me. <laughs> and sure enough, there was somebody that hacked my account and took some money out. So, of course, I called the bank and I had them like put it back and put it, the whole dispute thing in and all was well. And then two days later, I was reminded that like that money, I actually took that money. <laughs> it, was, it was actually me. And I felt so dumb. And <laughs> it's just hilarious when like you really are blaming the world for stuff like this. It's always something like mm-hmm. I can't believe it. It's just always something I got to deal with. And two days later, it's like, oh, shoot. Like, like I, Sorry, ma'am. That that was you. Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. So shout out to uh, my bank. They, they're awesome over there. Um, <laughs> secondly. So obviously in the news, I feel like the past week, um, obviously there's a bunch in the news about Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. And then a little, like a few days ago, this issue was resolved. But the guy that put the smoke signal in the subway in Brooklyn and then like shot a bunch of people on the train. And it just had me thinking. So I was reading like, I don't know why I was so into that story about the guy in Brooklyn, but I was reading like everything I could on it just to understand more about who he was to try mm-hmm. to figure out like what the cause was. And he was homeless for the most part of his life. And he had mental health issues. They actually reached out to the guy's sister. I don't know if it was just a half sister or full sister, but they reached out to his sister who she hadn't had any contact with him recently, but she said like, we, they definitely had it hard growing up. Like she didn't see him doing things like that, but mm-hmm. he definitely had a hard life. And then the New York Times put a link to his YouTube channel, which was all just like crazy ass shit on there. Like he basically was saying that he was going to commit violent acts, which is often the case with mass shooters. They post it somewhere. Mm -hmm. So this guy in particular was saying how he was blaming the government and the mayor of New York, of New York City, for the fact that they're not doing enough for homeless people and they're not doing enough for Mm -hmm. mental health. And which is why he's like gone crazy. Now, obviously his actions are not excused at all, but it just really made me think like all the attention that we put into, like I read something that said we just gave Ukraine, it was either $78 million or $780 million. And I get it. Like they deserve it. But I just feel like the people that are here that Mm -hmm. are homeless also deserve the same attention. And I have never heard any that type of dollar amount being given to social services in this country. Like I'm sure it is, but not in the sense of like, okay, this happened in Brooklyn. So let's drop $100 million on the streets of New York. Mm-hmm. Like, cause homeless is a real big issue in New York. It's mm-hmm. way worse. I feel like it's worse now than it has been like in the past few decades. Yeah. And I don't know what they're doing about it. It's bad everywhere, especially mm-hmm. in like inner cities. But in New York, especially like in Penn Station alone, which is like mm. a major subway station in New York where yeah. you could take Amtrak, subway, anything like that. You're not even allowed to sit down in parts of Penn Station. And they do that because they're trying to um, they don't want homeless people in that area mm. of the station, which to me, it's like if you have to have a law about sitting down to avoid homeless people squatting, then you should do something about homeless people, not yeah. just not allow them to sit. Right. Like, that just blows me. So I just feel like we need to do more in this country. Like, we do really well with foreign policy, obviously, because Russia would not dare do the crap they're doing to Ukraine to us. 
But there's just so much going wrong, like in this country alone, that I feel like we need to pay more attention to. Of course. Yeah. I agree. And it's so much more we could be doing, you know, at home. But like, of course, the U.S. likes to be in everyone else's business. But, you know, they're right. Right. That 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 doesn't you know, it doesn't it doesn't shock me that millions and billions of dollars are going in other places. But, you know, this homeless issue has been going on for years. This isn't, you know, this isn't really anything new, but like, is there anything, you know, going to be done about it? You know, why are they not putting and investing money into like homeless shelters or just like Mm -hmm. little stay places for people to just, you know, have a place to sleep at night. Cause I'm Mm -hmm. wondering like, okay, well, what do they do with these people when it's the dead of winter? Like nothing like in so, the sub-zero temperatures. Like what do they do with these people? Where do they go? Like it's, no, it's sad. The subway, no, like nothing. And ironically, I know in Maryland, I don't know for sure about New York, um, but in Maryland, <clears throat> they have numbers um, and hotlines mm-hmm. and different resources, but nobody knows about it. Yeah. So when you see homeless people out and it's like below zero, you kind of like, Mm-hmm. feel bad but the resources aren't be promoted to say you can call this number and report and say hey i'm worried about this person it's below zero degrees outside they look like they don't have anywhere to go they don't have enough clothing da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and somebody will come mm-hmm. and do a wellness check mm-hmm. and tell them specific shelters that are in the area like that's a thing right. but nobody really knows about it yeah so, and even then there's shelters that they they get to capacity or they don't take addicts, which I understand, but yeah. a lot of homeless people are addicts. Right. Like it's just so much. And then you see all these like luxury apartments being built up everywhere mm-hmm. and like they could be shelters for homeless people. Mm-hmm. So that's just so frustrating. And families too. A lot of times they don't take full families. Mm-hmm. You have right. a woman and child or just male. So it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's a lot wrong with the system. Okay, and then lastly, so the other night, (laughs) Bobby and I went out to a bar. (laughs) (laughs) And to be honest, what I I told you I was going to talk about, because I wanted Kim to know, I can't Mm -hmm. remember that full part, so you might have to remind me. But what I I have to mention is that I, okay, I have to phrase this the right way. I look nothing like Lupita Nuengo. Like... (laughs) I look nothing like her. We don't look alike. We're, I, I've i never looked at her and said, oh my God, we might be sisters. Like, mm-hmm. And no one black has ever told me that I look like her. Because mm. you don't. Because I, I don't. <laughs> and let me tell you, she's drop dead gorgeous. I'm not like, she she's gorgeous, right? And I feel like, um, I feel like when it comes to like mainstream television and like, Oscar winning films and like big time television between like her and Viola Davis. And I'm sure I'm missing a few people, but specifically her because of her skin tone. Mm -hmm. I think she's the first time that white people have seen someone that dark, Mm -hmm. like in movies that they have to watch because they're like really, really big movies. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think, and they, and they're shocked that she is, at least attractive, whether or not they think she's attractive, she's not like ugly to them. So I think because of that, that's why when she first came out on 12 Years a Slave, like she did a great job in the movie. Like she deserved the Oscar that she won and everything. But that's why she was on every magazine. People kept talking about her because I think white people just never really saw someone that dark. So when white people tell me that I look like her, 
it really just reminds me that they are just not used to seeing right. dark skinned people that are not like, like speaking a different language mm-hmm. or I don't know. And it's, and not even to say that I'm like <laughs> the finest person out here, but I think they're also shocked that like a dark skinned per- person could look attractive. Yeah. Mm. Cause when I, so we're sitting at this bar, we're standing mm-hmm. and this guy comes up and he taps me on the shoulder, I think. And he's like, oh my gosh, you're so pretty. And I said, thank you. He said, you look like Lupita. And I just rolled my eyes and I was like, uh, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I literally said, I don't mm-hmm. actually. And he was like, no, you really do. And he, I could tell he was really drunk. So I wasn't going to argue with him. And he was not white. He wasn't white. I think he, I want to say was he was like, Middle Eastern. Yes. Cause he had an accent and mm-hmm. it wasn't a Latino accent. Then Keem, I turn around to Bobby so I could just like forget this conversation he taps me on the shoulder with his phone and shows me a picture of Lupita oh no uh uh-uh. no uh-uh. <laughs> and then he was like this is her I said no I know who she is I, like, I don't look like her what? I like you didn't know and then he said well do you model and I was like no but she does <laughs> like, I don't look like and then even the bouncer there was a bouncer standing within like 10 feet of us yeah and I kept like looking at him because I realized he was looking at our conversation or trying to figure out what was going on. The music was really loud, so he didn't know what was going on. But I can tell he was trying to figure out like, is this dude really annoying you? Right. But it wasn't like he was annoying me in a sense of like trying to get my number, trying to like talk to me. It was just like you were annoying me because you were being ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like drunk or sober, I look nothing like that woman. And that's yeah. not any shade towards her. I just don't look like her. Right, right. And I'm so sick of hearing about it. I feel like <laughs> people like to just like you said, compare, you know, a brown skin sister to another one like it, mm-hmm. we all don't look the same like right. you know because you see oh. someone with chocolate skin and like i i, I, I hate that it, i actually before annoying. before we started taping i pulled up her picture just to make sure one more time <laughs> because i was like i don't even because it's hard to remember kind of not what you look like but like it's hard to understand like your face shape yeah someone else's right right but i'm looking at hers and i I just don't, once again, I just don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't even like, like make that comparison either. Like y'all both have chocolate skin. That's it. Yeah. Y'all don't look, look alike. Look different. Yeah. Uh, like, and, and to be clear, black people have never told me this. That's, and that's how I know. <laughs> exactly. That it's what I'm, what I'm trying to describe is like right. a le- some level of ignorance. Yeah. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I just don't look like her, but okay. Mm-hmm. Poor people. Okay. Mm. All right, guys. Well, I'm glad I got those three things off my chest. (laughs) I'll wait two weeks to get some more things off my chest. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go for a short break and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, guys. Um, so for today's pickup conversation, Bobby is going to introduce a topic that we have no idea anything <laughs> about. <laughs> yes. So my topic today, y'all, is why are they so mad? Like, <laughs> there are just people who are so mad about, like, real world things. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, people don't like change, obviously. I mean, there are some things that I don't like, you know, with change. But then there's also reality and mm-hmm. the fact that we are progressing as a society, as people. Whether you don't like change or not, there are certain things that are just existing and you have to get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first thing that I want to talk about, and Nick, you might have heard about this. So Frederick County, which is a county in Maryland, um, Frederick County Public Schools 
they have a family advisory committee. So they're trying to find ways to make the school system and education more inclusive to the different types of people and families that attend the schools. And so they they decided to implement this new curriculum, which calls for instruction on things like gender identity and sexuality or sexual orientation being taught to elementary school students as young as third grade. And a lot of the parents were pissed about this. Now, obviously, in the video, it was majority white people. But their issue is saying that, is this appropriate to be kind of um, introducing our third grade and, you know, elementary school students to? Which I want y'all to just hear the clip first. The school can sit there and take care of our kids. What right? What right? Answer my question. What right gives you to sit there and teach my kid about another different age, whatever? Like, no, it don't give you any right. We have two genders, male and female. Two genders. Look, I come from a shitty education. It's from freaking y'all. I went to Kentucky. Alright? I didn't get taught cursive. I didn't get taught anything. I'm sorry, but this is this is BS. Y'all need to do something with this. This is terrible. Y'all are gonna sit there and change our kids' minds for what reason? You're pushing on it, but you won't sit there and give kids what religion? You can't sit there and say anything. Shouldn't this be discussed with the medical healthcare professional? Parents, so, you know, these are these so parents are and saying that you know they're going to pull their kids out of school. They're going to homeschool their children if they don't have the option. If it's not optional, and they're not mm-hmm. trying to make it optional, they're trying to make it a part of the curriculum because it's important. There are third graders who have two dads. There are third graders who have two moms. Mm-hmm. There are third graders who are adopted. There are third graders who have foster parents. And it's important for other third graders to know that reality. Do you want them to be confused when they see that? So, so what exactly are what exactly are they teaching though? Because when you when you said like, is it just like family dynamics in general? So what they specifically said was gender identity. So mm-hmm. meaning he like he said, people think there are only two genders, which is not the case. There's female, there's male, there are transgender, there's Um, And then as far as sexual orientation, lesbian, gay, bisexual, um, you know, they want them to know that there are different forms of family that are attending the school. And that is a reality. And that's what my point was earlier. Like, it's not like this is not happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're choosing to impose this on our kids. No, this is actually a reality. There are families, many families that are made up in different ways. And for a third grader to go to their friend's house and see that they have two dads and be shocked and have all these questions versus we make it a normal part of education because it is a reality. Right. They are so mad. And I'm trying to figure out why y'all so mad about what's real. What do y'all think? I feel like when... It's because people try to base things in sex. That's what I've always figured. People get so offended when it's just like, no, it's I'm teaching them this. It has nothing to do with sex. And I feel like mm-hmm. people are so misinformed and, and ignorant, you know, that they don't really understand the concept of all of this because it is a reality. This is what's going on now. People, you know, there's gay marriage, you know, there's, 
people identify differently, you know, with their um their gender identification, yeah, gender. all of that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's important to just to be mindful of that because kids ask questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they ask, a, that age. yeah, yeah. So to have it to be taught to them, it's just like, oh, okay. So at least I know. I will say that this generation of like kids, they're very welcoming, you know, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Like working in a high schooler, they're all different types of like kids. There's gay, straight, and but they're all like they're so accepting of each other because of like where society has come and where yeah. we've grown to. And I feel like that is important because like little kids don't know, and when they don't know, they ask a lot of questions. So it's just like <laughs> mm-hmm. they're they're putting it in TV shows, and but they're teaching it in a way where it's it's gentle and it's soft for kids to understand it from a kid's perspective. Like, Oh, okay. Well he has two dads. That's mm-hmm. okay. You know? And it's not making it this big thing. You know, I feel like it's adults who are just, they've been brought up just to learn one thing and they're not open to the fact that like outside of their bubble, there are other people that live in this world that live completely different lives right. from them, right. you know? Right. So it's just, I just have this thing where like people, I, I can't stand people who aren't like at least I don't want to say tolerant because that feels like you have to but at least accepting because this mm-hmm. is what's going on you know like right. you don't have to be like that's whatever you do that's your thing but at least be mindful of other people in this world because there are other there are other relationships there are different type of people that just experience life differently than you right. so yeah I agree with what you just said Kim about how what you do what you have going on, that's fine, but yeah. just be mindful of other people because my theory on like everything from abortion to gay marriage to transgender, like if like if I don't if I don't believe in gay marriage, then I just won't have one. If I don't believe in abortion, then I just won't have an abortion. Right. Like, but my opinion on what someone else does, like, it doesn't matter what I believe in. Like, even me saying that does people it it doesn't you still don't know what I believe in. It doesn't right. matter. Like I'm not trying to have an abortion. So what whether or not I agree with it does not matter. It shouldn't matter. But I I think that the reason why people are so upset about it is that I think they're nervous for it to hit so close to home. So they're nervous that their kids might bring home information that they didn't want them to know or that information that now they're exposed to that they might try to, I don't know, like now they might go ahead and try to Explore explore their options. Now, the only thing that I would be curious about as far as like how they're introducing the curriculum is when they talk about transgender, like how deep they go into that Mm -hmm. for third graders. Because the only thing I can understand, and I'm sure this is not the case, knowing Frederick County is like a northern county um, in Maryland, is that I wouldn't want my third graders understanding like what exactly happens in a transgender like medical procedure, which I don't think they're going into, but I can see those questions arising. And I don't know that I'd be ready to answer that for that's like eight years old, seven or eight years old. So I don't know if I would be ready to talk about that with an eight year old. That's the only thing I could think of, but I imagine it's not going to get that deep. I imagine Mm -hmm. if it's just about identity, then it's just saying, Hey, these are the different types of people in the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Now, every like sex ed is optional. Like you could not do sex ed. I know when they talk about suicide in schools, that's optional. There's a lot of different things that are optional. So I do feel like it should just be optional. Like I, I disagree that 
I do think that everyone should learn about it, but being consistent with my thought process of like, I think people should do what they want to do. If you don't want your kid to learn about it, then I, then I do think it should be optional because if that, why is sex ed optional? Like I heard it, somebody made a joke the other day. Um, I'll tell y'all who after, but they were saying how like her, basically her sister, her mom opted out for her and her sister to learn about sex ed when they were in high school. And then her sister ended up pregnant in high school and she laughs about it now, but like, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so if you opt out of gender identity and then your kid comes home at 21 and says they're gay and they didn't feel like telling you, well, that's why, Yeah. you know, like I don't see the reason for opting out, but I do understand if you know your kid is not mature enough for that conversation, or if you know that there's something going on in your household that you don't really want the kid to be exposed to yet. I, I I agree it should be optional, but I would, I don't know. Yeah. I just wonder, like, when you mentioned maturity, because I feel like the ignorance causes that immaturity. Right. Like, mm-hmm. In that third grade, they are exposed to these different versions of family, these different versions of couple. Everything is, heterosexual is not the right. type of couple, the type of parent like ideology, you know, mm-hmm. like if they are understanding of that. And I think the problem becomes if you're a parent that is against this from the first point and your child comes home and has more questions, then that's when it kind of you're kind of steering, whether it's positive or negative, because if they're at school mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, they're explaining to this me and I'm, I have questions and mom, like, can you talk to me more about this? And they're like, no, because we don't talk about that in this house. Mm-hmm. Then it turns negative. And that's going to happen regardless. I right. think even it, it doesn't matter what is taught in schools. It when the kids get home, that is where they learn the real deal. Yeah, like it you can drill down African American history throughout the month of February, and whatever school, it does not matter. Like whatever is going on at home, if those parents are still Trump supporters or whatever else they are, <laughs> it, it it really don't even matter. Like it doesn't matter what text you're using, who taught the curriculum who made the curriculum like it really starts at. I think it starts and ends at home Mm. for sure for sure I always say it starts in the home yeah and I don't know if y'all heard me say that a lot of the parents were like we're just gonna pull our kids out good that's why I'm school them yeah I I just it's just so crazy to me I mean it's just and I agree with you because Akeem I do think that a lot of it is that it's just over sexualized Mm -hmm. like everything Mm -hmm. is not about this vision of lesbians and it's not about that it's about who these people are Mm -hmm. and that their family looks different than yours and that that is okay and to expect the differences. It's kind of mm-hmm. like we talked about last time where if people are not exposed to other races growing up around different types of people, then you're going to be very sheltered and you're mm-hmm. not going to understand. That's why he said you like Libita yeah. because he right. was not exposed right. to any other beautiful, dark-skinned, brown-skinned right. Right. Peop- girls or women or people in general yeah. that look different and can have the similar skin tone and be beautiful. And because you don't, you don't, you're just in your small little bubble. You, your only thing is TV. Yeah. And everything on TV is sexualized. Right. So they're probably imagining that's how they're going to teach the kids. Yeah, like, what? But they're mad about that, too. They're mad, People, like, they're mad about that, too. Like, I think, I think the parents that are in uproar about the curriculum are the same parents that are upset every time. Like, it was a whole thing about SpongeBob being gay and then Bert and Ernie on, <laughs> on um, Sesame Street. Like... 
I think people are going to see it whenever they try to pick at it and they're looking for it just to complain about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you're teaching them this, once again, it helps them understand. So they're not, if they see a gay couple in the grocery store holding hands or wherever, and they're not Mm -hmm. like, well, what's that? Like, it's like, oh, okay. They're, they're, they're gay. They're a couple. Right. Let's move on with our day. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) And it wouldn't even really be a thing or it wouldn't even be an afterthought to them. It's like, okay, where's the cereal? Like, I don't, (laughs) (laughs) it it, it shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like this shocking. And it's funny because like I was visiting my aunt last week and, um, and it just shows you just like the generations are just so like different. I guess like a gay couple moved on her block and she was just like so shocked about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. girl, what? Like I have like three gay couples on my block. Like it's, it, <laughs> it, I don't know why that's so shocking to you. Like uh, it's right. life. Like in especially where you live, like you live in like the temple area now. Like it's progressive as fuck down there. So I don't understand like what, why are you so shocked? And that's the thing. I feel like it's the, the generations are so different. Like those parents are just probably just used to being taught and raised one way. And it's like, no, that's not the real world. The people who taught you that were just, I'm pretty sure just as rude and ignorant themselves, you know, no shade, but like, I'm pretty sure they just didn't know. So Mm -hmm. it, it would make sense to like, Educate yourself. You don't have to live that lifestyle, but you want to know in case your kids do have questions that you can Mm -hmm. answer them, you know, and then you wouldn't have to worry about schools doing this because if people just explained it in their homes, you know, and they weren't so ignorant, we wouldn't have to worry about (laughs) schools needing to pick up the slack where you (laughs) drop the ball. Like (laughs) The fact that he said... What gives you the right to teach our kids? Oh, you're not doing it. That's why. <laughs> well, they're also the teachers. Right. You're sending them to school. That's their job. So what do you mean? I just really hope, like, I think this is, I think this is great that they're adding this. I think that some places in the country, though, are almost skipping over the fact that we we have yet to even really teach Black history as well. <laughs> that much is true, too. Like, that much I'm, I'm shocked that Frederick County is doing that, knowing Frederick County. Mm-hmm. I like I'm beyond shocked. Because I I don't I don't know. They're not they're not a liberal S mm-hmm. county. I don't even think they are blue in the sense necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of shocked that they're doing that. I'm sure they skipped a chapter on black history. <laughs> so I'm shocked that they're on that chapter. They probably were like, let's try this out first. But you know what? It's because it's because the LGBTQ community includes right. their families. Mm-hmm. It includes white people. Whereas it probably they're they're still not there where it's a ton of black people where they mm-hmm. have to include their needs. That's probably part of it. Yeah, because yeah, I did not see one person of color at that meeting. Um, so it's, it's very, very interesting. And I think that you made such a good point about, um, generations Keem, mm-hmm. because like my parents' generation, the representation just wasn't there. Yeah, it wasn't there. Like in movies mm-hmm. and TV shows now it's there. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see it and it's going to become normalized. Mm-hmm. It's not going right. to be a big deal, but as it was starting to become more represented, it definitely would be our parents being like, oh, but it's the same thing as anything else. Mm-hmm. Like women showing more skin. Oh, this is a little too much, mm-hmm. but okay. She's liberated. She's free. She wants to be sexually right. exploring her body or confident or whatever. Like 
just fucking mind your business. I think that's my main thing. Like if it doesn't have anything to do with you, it's not affecting your life. You're not having to marry a man or woman if you don't want to, then mind your business. That's how I feel. I don't want to vote on it. I don't want to pry anybody else's business. Like if I don't, if I don't believe in it or if I don't want it for me, I'm just not going to do it. But I think the fine line becomes how people are treated is everybody's business. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So that's why it needs to be in schools. And I, that whole optional shit is annoying to me. Just like when they try to make, um, what is it called? Uh, sensitivity training or like, you know, in the police academy where they have to do sensitivity training or training on how to interact with other races or like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they make that optional. And, and which and that's academy? A, just in whenever you're training in police, like a lot of counties, when they talked about implementing these new training sessions about um, just being sensitive about other races and how, like, for this racial tension that was occurring as Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and things like that, a lot of police, um, I don't know what you call oh, it. Oh, like current police officers. Yeah, current police, police officers in their okay. precincts. Yeah. They weren't making these trainings mandatory. mandatory. Right. And I was looking at the list of all the different counties of, across different states, and majority of them would be like, it's optional. But I'm like, this is a key part of your job. You're not only dealing with white people in your job. You're a public servant. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with the public that's made up of all different types of people. Why would this not be a mandatory training for your job? Yeah. See, I think that's a different story. I, I, I can see just from working in school, I can see why it could be optional because a lot of stuff really is optional. And like, I know what you mean by the maturity of the kid can lead to ignorance. I agree. But there are some third graders who really don't, who are not ready <laughs> because they will spend what they're hearing and like target their peers for it. What do you mean? Like there's like when they start sex ed, I know in this area, they started in fifth grade and there's some parents who will say like, yeah, my kid, we're, he's just not there yet. Like I don't want him to then be just spilling out different words randomly in class, being a distraction that he hears. They're just not mature enough to have those conversations yet. So mm-hmm. I can understand that. But that would be the only reason to me why it would be, or if you're just saying, I'll do this at home, or like, I'm going to talk to this about home because someone in my family is gay or lesbian or whatever it is. I can understand that as well. Mm. And so much, there's just everything else is optional when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can see them making this optional too. Okay. Well, yeah, that's just very interesting. And then the second part of why they so mad. I don't know if y'all heard about the country music awards that happened last week. Did y'all hear about that? And the Mm -mm. fact that Anthony Mackie was the host. What was wrong with that? People were mad about Anthony (laughs) Mackie hosting. No, they were mad Uh that Many black people were invited this year to the Country Music Awards. Monica performed mm-hmm. at the Country I've seen Music that. Awards. Really? And this apparently was the first year where they were trying to extend an invitation to more black artists to the Country Music Awards because normally they don't. And it's even hard as a black country artist to get into that whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were trying to make it more inclusive and more conscious of the culture this year. And I'm going to play y'all... <laughs> this clip try to compose yourself what this is a little uh preface that he is known as a suspected white nationalist um but this is what his ass had to say about anthony mackie 
oh, hosting the awards. Now, just another background. He wasn't supposed to host by himself. He was supposed to host um, with this other country artist. I think her name is Kelsey Ballerini. I don't really know who she is, but mm-hmm. she's probably dope. And then Kane Brown. Y'all know who that is? So no. he's another, he's um, actually a biracial country artist and they gave him a hard time too because he had tattoos and everything Lord. and they were just like, what is this? This is not what country music is about. <sighs> but this man went on his little show. He has like a blog, like a video blog or whatever. And this is what he said. This uh, award show was really kind of a train wreck. There was uh, a chick who was uh, co-hosting it and they said that she tested positive for the Rona. So let's uh, take a, a look last night. I know all of you. Were I don't know who this black guy is who's hosting it. It's supposed to be country music. Here's no offense. Night. I mean, y'all have hip hop and basketball. You know what I mean? Under the weather, it's like, so just fly with your flock, bro. So. Not against you, but you're up here being like, the melanated people invented country music. At the CMT. We was making country music in Wakanda before Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard done stole the black man's country music. It's like, all right, bro. It's so angry. There were so many black people there. Sorry to say, but like so many black celebrities who have nothing to do with country music. And it's like, why? No disrespect to, uh, to the, the funky brothers of, of, of music. I love Earth, Wind, and Fire, Run DMC, et cetera. But I mean, like, country music's different. Country music's different. It's not Wakanda. Was Run DMC there? Is that why he mentioned them? Yeah. And Earth, Wind, and Fire. Here's Who's going to open the floor? The thing before I say that. anything. Yes. Let us know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, like, find a wherewithal to correctly articulate myself. Mm. Without just like, <laughs> okay, but wait, is this guy famous at all, or is he just a YouTuber? I've never heard of him, so, so he's a nobody, <laughs> right? But like, does he have an audience, no. or is it a random so that video? Had 4.6 thousand listeners on that video, which was posted six days ago because the Country Music Awards was last week. I think he has listeners that are also that like far right nationalist, um, type of views, um, but revolt has posted about it, the source like it's been a trending thing which is another one of my issues that I have because why are y'all fucking but, spreading this message right, right there Go that's ahead, one Kim. but the only thing that was remotely accurate is he's right like country music started with black soul singers like that genre came from black people like everything else does it came from black people so to say oh all that nonsense because I'm not even going to repeat it, but like... <laughs> Shit, it probably started in Wakanda. Like, I'm pretty sure it did. He's probably right. I'm pretty sure it did, but niggas fail to realize, and when I say niggas, I'm talking about those niggas. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> shit comes from us. Like, you wouldn't have the Country Music Awards because they took all of the, the blues and soul mm-hmm. and they just whitewashed it. That's it. Like all of that shit came from black people. And I, I'm trying to remember there's a documentary about that. I think it's on Netflix because it talked about Lil Nas X winning. I don't know. Was mm-hmm. it a, a Grammy yeah. or a country? Whatever it was for mm-hmm. Old Town Road. And it's just like, well, what's country music and who can sing it? And they literally take you back. And it once again, it tells you that country music came from blues. It came from... It, it came from black people. That that's it. Point blank period. So whoever this this dude is, I don't. 
Like I don't understand. Like okay, so and I feel like niggas just want to. I'm sorry, Nikki, but like uh-huh. he he wants that attention. That's what it is. And the fact that people are reposting it and get like anybody could see that he's doing this to to get a For rise. Attention. Yeah, it's attention. It's attention. Because I'm pretty sure he wouldn't say that shit on the street. You know, like you wouldn't say that in a room full of black people. Like to be honest, Kim, I feel like he was. I think big, he would, too. Big and bolder and bolder. Like, I, I really think he would. But what I don't understand is like, if you're so mad, just don't watch it. Don't watch it. That's like it. I, I don't really understand what Anthony Mackie has. Like I don't know what his tie yeah. is. Yeah, just it, was it's random. To, it is kind of random, and yeah. I can get it from that standpoint. Like he uh, apparently it, has always been a country music lover, hmm. and so he, he's from the south too. Isn't he he's from, from the, like New Orleans or something? I'm not exactly sure where he's from, but I think he is from the south. And he just talked about how he's always loved country music. He's always been inspired by it. It was a part of his childhood, and I think just through him having this platform now of being a major actor on major platforms, the Country Music Television Awards asked him to host with um, Miss Ballerini. Mm-hmm. And then Kane Brown came in because she got COVID, so she couldn't host with him. <sighs> so, I mean... I, just, I think it's getting harder and harder for some white people to hold in their racism. And you know what? That is so funny because somebody tweeted that. They were like, you know what? I'm actually happy that he showed his true colors. Let's bring it all the way back to Keem's Mental Health Minute about when people say or tell you who they are, believe them. Because he said, I don't have to wonder. Right. Yeah. Like, And for him, I'm actually not as mad about this because... It, it's not, he doesn't work for CMT. He wasn't a part of the production. It wasn't like he had a big say in this and disagreed about Anthony Mackie. Like, I could care less about his opinion. Like, Anthony Mackie still got paid. He clearly yep. still watched it because he's shouting out mm-hmm. everybody in the audience. So he right. can't be that mad about it. <laughs> I just, like, if I like the world is changing. I think white people can't, when I say white people, I don't mean all white people. Some they, white people. They can most probably, but they cannot gather their, they can't wrap their minds around the fact that black and brown people are the majority in this country. And they feel like we're taking the world away from them. Mm. The world, like the country that we built, we're taking away from them. The music that we made, we're taking away from them. And it's just not the case. Like he's just, like you said, he's just really mad. And yeah. but he had, because he had no stake in the award show, I'm okay with that. Just have your opinion. Mm-hmm. Keep it online. I guess what I don't like is that, like, why didn't you just keep your mouth shut and be mad in your own little corner? Well, now, granted, it apparently he is a reporter. Um, so oh, see, that's, that's what he different. does. He has his own little blog r- reporter. It's called The Right Wing Watch. So he's known for being an, um, a white nationalist. But I just feel like this is not, like, news. Like, this is, mm-hmm. like... I don't really understand your purpose of speaking about this, of being so upset. Like, I just, I'm not getting it. Like, you just look really mad. You look really salty, really petty, and it's really exposing of you. And it's just, it's ugly, you know? Like. Yeah, when they say reporter, like, I'm looking it up. I want, (laughs) reporter is a strong word to use for this guy. Like, I, I would love to know. I'm not even going to spend no more time looking it up. Is he actually like 
a journalist? Does he have a journalism degree? Like, does yeah, he actually, know. you know, probably not. He's probably mm-hmm. just ignorant and wants to spread his ignorant self all over Facebook or something. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's ridiculous. I think kudos to Anthony Mackie for getting up there. Because, I mean, I'm sure he probably knew. It's not a secret mm-hmm. that the Country Music Awards has kind of always been side-eyeing. All right, we got Kane Brown on stage. We got all these tattoos and he's half black. All right, we got Lil Nas X. Like, okay, White people have tattoos too. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand. Yeah, but you know it's different. I, I get that, but if that's tattoos. but if you're gonna pick out something about a black man, you can't pick out the the thing that white people do. Also, that should be a standard for every a lot of things. It's a lot right. of things. It'd be that one thing done. if they said like, "Well, he's wearing a do rag," which I know he wasn't, but like, okay, white people don't wear do like white people get tattoos. Like that is a thing. That is just a thing that we all do here. It is, but it's just stupidity. It's ignorance. And I just think it's so stupid because it just, I mean, he was, when Anthony Mackie was on the red carpet, he was being interviewed and they were like, this is such like a, a staple thing of you, of an all black um, hosting for the Country Music Awards. It's never been done. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they've ever been hosted by a black person mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, they're trying to be more inclusive. I think that was good on the part of the Country Music Awards. And yeah. it's just unfortunate that it gets clouded yep. and hidden by this man who is being a two-year-old yeah, <laughs> about it. And why the fuck do you feel like Wakanda, like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, it's stupid. <sighs> I don't get it. Monica did throw me off, though. What did, like... What I think she performed. Yeah, she performed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I get it. Because, I mean, they've been using, you know... Black artists to perform. Music actually very better than the country singers that actually sing them. So yeah, and it's about okay. Yes, we have our different genres, but like they bleed and blend so much amongst our different genres and it's okay like Kelly Clarkson can come to the BET Awards and sing with Fantasia or whatever and it's like okay the same it can be vice versa Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be so like cut and like paste so that's what I wanted to talk about I feel like just people are so mad and I'm just like how about you just mind your business or open your eyes and mm-hmm. see that the world is changing. It's different. And it's a good thing. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't have, like Kim said, you wouldn't be watching this if it weren't for if us. If it wasn't for so, us. So like, let's embrace everything that people have to offer and how that makes us better. So that was my pickup conversation for today. Was, now, that, now that I'm heated, I guess we'll just right. end on Oh, that was great. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's topic and today's episode. And we will see you guys shortly (laughs) (laughs) or soon with another episode. Okay. All right, everybody. Um, Before we wrap, does anybody have anything they want to throw out there? I don't think so. Nope. Well, (laughs) peace and love, guys. And this is us signing out. Bye. Bye, y'all.